Mission Chats with John Crow. All right. Well, welcome back to Mission Chats. It's exciting today to have an opportunity to uh, interview and chat with somebody who I've known since uh, 2009. And at that time, uh, my family was back in Australia. Uh, we were on a little break from what we had been doing, uh, working with an organization that operated a ship. And uh, we had the opportunity to drop in and basically crash a support raising meeting uh, for my guest. <laughs> and she was in the middle of uh, starting up her journey of service. And uh, we dropped into the meeting and had the opportunity just to meet her and to see the group that were there. And she was sharing the need for, uh, yeah, just the financial support. That's the reality of most of these types of opportunities. And as a part of that, I actually got a chance to have a little uh, spiel on her behalf and discovered it's actually a lot easier to raise support for somebody else than it is to uh, ask people for your own support. And anyway, long story short, she was able to begin her journey not necessarily because of my chat, but just, uh, yeah, the Lord providing. And we were able to serve together for a number of years with the group we were with at that time. And we've stayed in touch since then, and I followed her journey. And so it's my blessing and privilege to be able to introduce you to Jane today and hear some of her story. So she's an Aussie as well. So we got a little bit of a theme going with our first couple of episodes. Uh, we will broaden out as we go, but I thought you would love to hear a little bit of her story. So to begin that, Jane, I just want to ask if you would share a little bit of your personal journey, how you came to to work and serve in this type of uh, service around the world that you've had and a little bit of the the adventure you've had along the way. Yeah. Well, thanks, John. And yeah, it's great to be chatting with you after all these years. I actually came to faith when I was 12 years old. I went on a um, horse riding camp. I came from a home that we went to church, but we didn't talk about God at home. Yeah, when I went on this horse riding camp and they spoke about two prayers that you could pray, one to accept Jesus into your heart, and the other one was about the Holy Spirit. So I thought, oh, the Holy Spirit one sounds cool, but I haven't prayed the first one yet. <laughs> So I prayed the first prayer, asked Jesus into my heart. I knew that it was something serious, but I didn't know what it was. But yeah, just through youth group and youth camps and, and everything, just yeah, from the age of 12. And even before that, I definitely had an awareness of God and somehow desired a closeness with him. And I can see that, yeah, it has been with me all my life. So yeah, then when I was around 20, I... Yeah, had got a job. I thought this was going to be the job for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I lost that job. Mm. And then, yeah, for six months, I was going for interviews, um, trying to get something. Nothing was happening. So that was very discouraging. Right. But one day, and I didn't know that God could speak to us individually. This is something I learned later on in my journey. But one day I was sitting on the floor and a thought came to my mind. If I could do anything in the world, what would I be? I'm like, hmm, thought about it. I'd be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But something else came to my mind. Another thought came to my mind. There's something more important than dolphins, people. Mm -hmm. And so I was very shy. Like I was not, I am not an extrovert. From that thought came like, wow, I could go around the world telling people about Jesus. So that was definitely God leading me on that. So I started looking at, at different um, opportunities I found one, but then I was offered a job. And so it's like, I can't be irresponsible and go somewhere else in the world where I should be at yeah. home earning money. So I took that job. And for four years, I worked. 
but that seed never left me. And so because of that job, I moved to the other side of the city. And because of that, I joined a church that was very mission focused. And I got there and this girl was telling me about her short term trip to China and on this train through the mountains and everything they did was so secret. Right. Like That would be amazing. But they they would never let me go on a trip like that. But yeah, by the end of that year, they offered another trip to China. And so I put my name down, still thinking like they would never let me join. Right. But yeah, I joined. And after that, I'm like, okay, with God's help, I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, I can do missions. A year later, I went to the Philippines um, again with my church. We built a raft. We went down the river visiting different tribes, preaching there. I got to baptize some women. I had never been fully water baptized, but it's like <laughs> I got to yeah, baptize them in these leachy, dirty rivers. After that, I'm like, okay, with God's help, I can do missions. And with God's help, I can do it in the Philippines. Mm. And so then, yeah, I went to the Philippines, did a DTS there, Discipleship Training School, stayed for six years. And that was just the start of the journey. Right. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, and exciting. Yeah, even just to hear some of that, I realize I don't know that I heard a whole lot of your story when we worked together. So this is really fun to, to hear some more details and, and see the yeah. way you've yeah, been involved uh, around the world with your service. Now, something I've really uh, admired about you, Jane, is is the way that, you know, you've just followed the, the Lord's leading in your life and even hearing some of these early experiences, you know, some really cool kind of out of the box mission opportunities, if you want to say it that way, uh, that, you know, maybe people haven't heard of that type of thing as being something they could consider and that's available out there. So that's really great. And even the time that we served together in ministry and then, you know, kind of following your journey from there, uh, I've just always been impressed with your willingness to go to the hard places. Um, so I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to hear a little bit about kind of your you know, where you are now, of course, we're not going to share specifics because of the reality of that, but just an opportunity to share some of your experience since then, if you would. Yeah, yeah in the Philippines, once a week, we'd, we'd have these prayer meetings. It was Wednesday nights. It was actually our fasting day. So some Wednesday nights, I'd be falling asleep during our prayer meetings. But whenever we prayed for Muslims, there was something electrifying happening inside of me. Mm. So I knew that God had something. God loved Muslims. There was something special about them. And so with that, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Middle East was just too scary. Like you can't go to the Middle East, especially as a single woman. But I, when I left the Philippines, I did go to Egypt for three months, and I thought there's no place like this in the world. I later on realized there's a whole region right. um, like Egypt. But still, yeah, after that, I um, so I just visited there, but I went back to Australia, and for four years, I didn't go back onto the field. I knew that God had something for me. By this time, I did know how to hear his voice, mm -hmm. um, so I was praying and God kept saying, wait, stay where you are. Wait, stay with it where you are. I'm like, I've sinned. You know, God's not speaking to me. He's not opening the doors. But then one day when I was praying, I felt God say ship in South America. And so this led me to, to the ship that we both joined. And yeah, first, yeah, the the financial raising I'm like this is impossible you know it's like when I found out how much I had to raise mm -hmm. I'm like there's no way God's going to open the doors for me um to go there but yeah it was quite amazing when you and and Holly your wife came to my place and with all my friends there and you know right. one friend become a doctor another's going to become an accountant I'm like surely they're going to support me <laughs> 
But then, yeah, having you and Holly there, it's like, wow, these like real life missionaries, you know, coming to my house. Well, then later on, we got to serve together. And it's like, and then you and I worked in the same department. So it was like, wow, I'm working alongside these people that I thought were like <laughs> way up there. <laughs> so Then yeah, you one, actually really got to know us and you realize we're just ordinary people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, for myself as well, it's like, you know, other people think like, wow, I could never do what you're doing. But it's like, it's just one step at a time. And my whole life has just been taking one step of obedience, one step of obedience. Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, when I was on the ship, again, God started speaking to me about the Middle East. And then our ship went to the Middle East. So I'm like, God, show me which country, which one is it? And right. yeah, he showed me which one in the Middle East. Right. Yeah, after two years on the ship, went there, um, learned Arabic, learned how to share Bible stories in Arabic, how to make mm -hmm. friends, all the, you know, cultural differences. And I mean, I just loved it. I, I love the people there. And with Muslims, it's very easy to talk about God. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> it's a lot right. easier, a lot easier than the West. Yeah. You know, in the West, it's like, don't preach it at me. But yeah, mm -hmm. Muslims, talking about God makes you a very respectable woman. You know, and they really respect you for it. Telling Bible stories, to be able to tell a Bible story was an exciting week um, that they would actually give you that opportunity. Yeah, from there, yeah, there was a refugee crisis. And so I actually moved to another country to work with refugees. Mm. And there we were going to their tents and every week visiting the same families, um, every day visiting families, but um, every week being able to tell Bible stories in their tents and that was amazing as well. From there, I had visa problems. <laughs> so I moved to another country that doesn't yeah. speak Arabic. And But there, yeah, the refugees are just flooded over the border. So it was, it was really an amazing God opportunity. And just even how I got there yeah, with my visa problem, like I could have gone anywhere, but God really put me in the right place. And I only discovered that eight months later when someone said, I knew that you were coming. And I'm like, how did you know? He's like, we were praying that morning. And that afternoon, I got a phone call saying that there was this girl, she could speak Arabic, can she help you at all? And wow. we had, they had been praying that morning for a girl who could translate Arabic um, for the team, for the girls on the team. Right. So yeah, again, just like little small steps of obedience. And a lot of it is just God's grace and God having me in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being in that place and then seeing like Muslims coming to faith, which was really exciting. Yeah. So I was eight months in the, in the South of the country. And then I moved to the city that I'm in now okay. over here. I had a friend who, yeah, she didn't speak Arabic, but she had met Fatima, who seemed very open to the gospel and was inviting her friends to this um, drop-in center for them to get prayed for, for healing. So she got Fatima's number, and then she asked me, like, will you come and visit with me? So we went to Fatima's house, and six of her neighbors walked in, <laughs> and I'm like, did I get something wrong? <laughs> but she, she said, I invited my neighbors here for you to pray for healing for them. So, yeah, the two of us, we we prayed for each of them. And as we started visiting them, every house that we went to, everyone else would come to that house. Mm. Feels a bit like Jesus' time. Right. <laughs> yeah. But then 
yeah and would try I would try to tell bible stories like as we were talking but I would say like hey I heard the story or I read the story this week and then they would kind of interrupt with their own story so then one day we just said to them hey would you like to hear bible stories um each week you know we could meet at this person's house and and we could yeah tell a story and they all said yes and so that group turned into about 15 Muslim ladies that were coming every week and we got to share with them. But, I mean, we were we were doing the simple sharing. Meanwhile, Jesus was giving them dreams and visions. Mm. And so they, well, they were remembering dreams from like five years ago and coming along. And um, yeah, so during that time, just one after the other was getting saved. And so... Yeah, that was, I just felt like we were walking along, picking the fruit up off the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so. Incredible. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. No, so exciting. And I, yeah, I just, I knew this would be a fun chat. So (laughs) this is great. Thank you. So I guess, you know, obviously listening to your story, you've had a wide breadth of experience in this uh, type of service. Uh, but I guess I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, from all of that, if you could distill how you would define mission work, as it were. Yeah, I would say being intentional wherever you are. Um, going back to Australia, I'm always so encouraged by people who are missional right where they are. You know, mm-hmm. one one friend, she goes to the shops and if she sees someone limping, you know, she'll go up to them and say, can I pray for you? Wow. Um, or, you know, when she's going through the cash register and someone looks sad, she's like, you know, are you okay? Is there something I could pray for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, being intentional wherever you are. I mean, yeah, you can go to the you know far reaches of Africa in the jungle, but to be honest, like wherever you move to, things start to become normal. Like mm. you make friends, you have your routine, you go to the same shops. So, yeah, whether you're in your own country or another country, just being very intentional where you are and just having your ear open to to what God is saying or your mm. eyes open to, to different opportunities. Yeah, um, oh, wonderful. Yeah. That's a good word. Yeah, for sure. And challenging, <laughs> I think, for all of us. Those of you listening to, I, I trust that'll be a, a blessing and encouragement for you. And with that, we are going to leave it there for this episode of Mission Chats and save the rest of the conversation with Jane for our next episode. So I hope you'll tune in then and you definitely don't want to miss the second half. God bless you. 